Welcome to Sharing the Middle, where recovering perfectionists, overachievers, and anyone in the middle of a struggle can come together to learn to embrace the messy middles of life. I'm Lacey, your fellow middler and guide, whose claim to fame this week is hitting a whopping 50 followers on TikTok. Big deal for me here. Today we're joined by Dr. Desima Desai, a proud wife and mother of two young children, a certified professional coach, speaker, and author of the newly released children's book. Though no longer seeing patients, Seema is also a general dentist who dedicated her years in medicine to serving the geriatric population of Austin and the surrounding areas. Seema's coaching practice is primarily geared towards supporting women experiencing checkbox syndrome, which I know I totally relate to. Uh, this idea of lacking in purpose, you've done all the right things, checked off all the boxes, and you, you were told that you were going to be happy, but you're not. She absolutely loves helping professional women and moms create a life that is meaningful and feels successful to them while excelling in their roles at work and home, which is always much harder than we think it's going to be. So welcome, Seema. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Lacey. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like yeah. just the name of your podcast podcast resonates with me so much. Good. Well, that's kind of my first question. You know, when I talk about the middle, I often find people have this visceral response of like, oh, this is my middle. So for you, what is that middle? What kind of popped out to you? Yeah. I mean, there's so many middle moments that I can think about, but you know, it's interesting. I saw a post on Instagram, just, I think it was last night and it was talking about how with every time you level up, there is an inevitable death that happens, yeah. right? And that like, yeah. I feel like when I hear you say the middle, I feel like for me at least, the middle is defined as that clinging on, that attachment to what is, even though it logically you know it doesn't serve you anymore, it's not working anymore, but your ego is like stuck to what's familiar, right? So that like mm -hmm. resistance to let go and that feeling of like, I'm stuck, I'm in between things right before you finally just either can't let go, can't hold on anymore, or you choose to let go and allow that death to happen so that you can be reborn into a better version. That's so interesting that it's almost like it's like a safety blanket that you don't want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we don't like to be there, but it's known and it's safe. So we stay there. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. I haven't heard that kind of perspective yeah. yet. I really like it. <laughs> the idea here is that you're going to explore a specific middle moment of your life. Let you kind of take us on a little journey of a middle moment you want to share. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say that I feel like I have middle moments every single day, but that wasn't always the case. For many of us, we are kind of programmed to be on this default, like, I want to almost call it an iOS, like I'm totally not a tech person, but that's what... <laughs> kind of we're at now. So we're kind of running on this default iOS, right? And I remember for me, it was, you know, you mentioned me working with people who have checkbox syndrome, and I had that myself to where, you know, I was I did all the things right, like I was this good Indian girl that listened to her parents, and I didn't date and I, you know, got the good grades, and I went to school and I went to college and I got into dental school. And when I did date, it felt like I was disappointing my parents, right? Like it was, but I, I found someone that I thought would fit the mold for them. And luckily I am so in love with him. So it worked out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's very easy to make it sound like, you know, I kind of settled, but I, I didn't. Um, so that worked out, but 
my point is I found myself, you know, very discontented and almost on a daily basis, but I wasn't necessarily aware of the discontent. And I kept telling myself like, well, it's just the office that I'm at, right? Like it's the patient population, it's the staff, it's the location. It's because my husband's still in training and that's why he's so busy and that's why da, 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 da. all these reasons why was justified for me to be happy, for not be happy, right? It was, it. I of course am discontented because X, Y, Z. So you are like searching for the problems because there has to be one thing that's wrong kind of? Well, yeah, I guess that's, I never really thought about it that way, but I think the, I wasn't even searching. I just was like, there. all I was looking for were reasons why I wasn't happy, right? And and mm-hmm. essentially blaming it on life's circumstances that we all go through. It's not like I had this unique life story that, you know, was different than many, many women that I know, regardless of cultural background and, or even, even men, let's open it up to that. But my point is I had everything I was supposed to quote unquote have to be happy, right? I had the job, I had the degree, I had the husband, you know, when I was discontented, I thought, well, let me just have a kid. That's why, like, I, and I legit, I did want to be a mom. Um, I did, but I, the intention behind that was very different, right? Like it was this human will make me feel whole and therefore I will now be happy. Of course I was unaware of that. And I found myself having had this child and being in a really dark and lonely place. So navigating out of that, yeah, I know this, this show isn't necessarily about navigating out of that, but started to advocate for myself slowly but surely. And I, through the help of, you know, supportive family and, um, you know, yoga and mindfulness and acupuncture and all of these things, things started to get better. And I still, after all of that, like after even feeling the lowest of lows felt like, oh, well, I'm still not happy because, you know, my kid has the terrible, he's in the terrible twos. And that's why like, da, da, da. of course I'm, ang- you know, again, here we are back on the cycle. And one day I looked up and was like, this is just a bunch of hot air. There's no way that we were meant to live life just continuously dissatisfied. And when I went to start looking into that, I initially, like we were talking about that safety blanket. And like, when you start to sort of experience that death of the old you, I told myself, and I I really did feel stuck. I felt like this middle of like, well, I'm not where I was necessarily. I've come out of it, but I'm also not where I want to be. And I don't know who that person is. I don't know what that looks like. And I don't have necessarily the resources to be able to create that because I don't know what I'm doing. And I remember telling my husband, like, I want to do things. I want to be somebody. And which is ridiculous. Right. Because like, again, all the boxes were checked and externally yeah. it would look. Because you were someone. Yes. You were doing things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was kind of that, that whole middle moment was um, an interesting to experience. It was one thing. And now to reflect back 10 years later, it's very different. So I want to just give people listeners a, a grain of take it with a grain of salt because perspective changes with time. Can I pause here? I'm really curious. You said something earlier that I related to in a different way of being a good Indian girl. So like I'm a being a good girl has been really ingrained in me of like, this is how you are good. This is what you do and that kind of stuff. Do you think that was a piece of holding you back? 
or masked what that person could be that you wanted to be? I think, I mean, on some level, for sure, at least initially, right? Because, you know, you're supposed to go to school and you're supposed to get good grades and you're supposed to da, 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 da. And I don't think, honestly, some of my family understands what I do now, but most of them don't. I don't think my parents really get it. And, (laughs) you know, so it's like bucking the system of saying like, you know what, I'm not going to be... Being a dentist, right? That makes sense to everyone. They know what it is. They know mm-hmm. what the, what service you provide. And there's no question about it. But when you mm-hmm. sit there and say, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. First of all, there's, like, all this time and money and judgment that people, like, you've invested and other people are like, oh, why would you do that? But importantly, there's, there's the other piece of it, which is, like, not understanding what you're replacing it with, right? So... Just feeling like I was being a disappointment maybe to other people's expectations more so than my own. Because I think for a while there, it was me saying like, I'm not being good. But after a while, it was like, no, this is, I'm sick of being miserable. But now I'm not dealing with my own stuff. I'm dealing with other people's stuff and being at peace with the fact that they're not at peace with it. Yeah. Well, when you said a disappointment, I felt that in my core of being because I just really relate to this idea of one checkbox syndrome is very much get in general but that idea of but I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm doing all the things that were expected of me and I'm meeting those expectations but I'm not getting where I want to be so then how did you reconcile those two things the where you were in this kind of cozy we'll say cozy I know cozy is in the right. middle to kind of that push of getting out of it. You know, I think for everybody, it's that cycle of change, right? Where you kind of have to decide. I wasn't consciously thinking this, but essentially what happened was I became so uncomfortable with the problem that the perceived discomfort of the solution was was more comfortable, right? Like I, for a while it was like, oh, I know that's, that's, you know, the solution is exploring maybe a different career or whatever it may be. I, one of the things that I did was I I got a life coach myself long before I Mm -hmm. ever became a coach. I I had a life coach and that was incredibly helpful. So I, I mean, I recommend it. There's all this research behind why it's so effective. And I mean, CEOs and executives have used coaching for years now, and it's starting to become more mainstream in medicine, but it's still, we have so far to go. But anyway, I, that was part of it, the reconciliation for sure. Sorry, just, I had never thought of how much doctors and dentists, like medical professionals need a coach. <laughs> And that just, yeah, especially as someone who's working with lots of doctors right now, they could use someone to come in and be like, what about this? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Have you considered, right? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I feel like we, we were already there before the pandemic. You know, the pandemic didn't create it. It just precipitated a lot of awareness around like, oh, we're we're really needing help. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's a whole other conversation. If you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribing or following Sharing the Middle for free on whichever podcast platform that you use. That way you can be in the know and get the most recent episodes right in your feed every single week. This way, you know and we know when we're all in the middle together. That was kind of cheesy. But either way, follow, subscribe, and thanks for joining me in the middle. 
All right, so we've got your your life coach, you're working with them. What did you, you know, I really liked to this idea of the discomfort level Mm -hmm. of thinking about what is the least level of discomfort and going towards that almost. But what would you say was that moment that you got out of this middle? Is there like a defining event in your mind Mm. or a milestone? Because I think a lot of times and you, you've kind of touched on this, you don't know that you're in the middle until you've reached an end. Yes. And when you're looking back like we are now and talking about it, do you have kind of an end that you can point out? Or or was it just a feeling? How does that look looking back I, now? I think it was a little bit of both. Like, I feel like overall, it was a very gradual shift, right? Like it's micro changes and like, you know, it's, lifestyle changes and mindset changes that happen incrementally over time. One day you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, right? Like it, so I can't say that there was necessarily a a defining moment, but I do remember when I, you know, attempt to unstick myself was I had fallen in love with yoga when I was depressed because it, I mean, I tell people it saved my life. And so, you know, I still have not, the universe has shut me down, but at the time I was trying to become a yoga, like get yoga teacher certified. Right. And I was And so I'm still pursuing it. Somehow it'll happen when it's meant to happen. But I I went and found a yoga studio and I was going to see about getting yoga teacher certification. And that person is also a life coach who turned out to be my yoga mentor and life coach. We, I mean, you know, he was talking to me about what coaching is and all of these things. And I remember in the course of our conversation that was well over an hour long, you know, he asked me like, what do you feel like, why have you experienced everything that you've already, you've experienced, right? Like there's kind of an all over the place feeling when you describe what's happened in your life. Why do you think that is? And just that simple question of what might be the deeper purpose here? I remember thinking like, oh, maybe I'm meant to, because I I had actually started to experience these micro shifts that I just referred to when I was still Mm -hmm. practicing dentistry. And I would remember feeling things and thinking things and recentering and reshifting, I would drop into, I mean, fully scrubbed in. I wouldn't very aseptically like do a yoga pose to kind of reset my body to address like the shoulder pain or the hip pain or whatever to then I could, so I could focus on the patient. Right. And and it was amazing. And I thought to myself, how come, how come they don't teach us this in school? Like when you're becoming a doctor, how come they don't teach you these skills? And so that was one moment where I was like, maybe, maybe that's something that I'm meant to do is help other people create this space for themselves that they don't know exists. Yeah, I feel like uh, in programs like that, it's probably self-care. And then move on to the next thing. And what is that? I mean, that's... I mean, is self-care a cup of coffee? And then like, I don't... It's a bath. It's a bath. That's what I, it's I, not going to fix things, guys. Like, it's great. To absolutely have your coffee and take baths if that's what works for you. But it's so mm-hmm. much more than that. So, uh, and this is just me being nosy because I am very um, also interested in labels and like what we call ourselves and that kind of thing. Was there a moment where you were like, I am not a dentist? Obviously, you're a dentist. Right. Because that's it. You know what I mean? But is there, was there a moment where you're like, that is not my identity anymore? Has, or has that kind of still stayed a part of you? Um, it's funny. The ego is, is a really tricky, tricky little thing. Because when I was growing up, I was told you're either a doctor or you're nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> essentially. 
right? Like, I yes, like, oh, people, like, yeah, you can be a lawyer or whatever, blah, 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 blah. You can be an engineer or whatever. But, I mean, just the people that I grew up with, and my parents aren't in medicine. They're blue-collar workers. Mm-hmm. And just that lack of security in terms of their identity and who they are and what they were able to provide, as compared to their friends who were physicians in the 80s who, like, made all this money that now is not the case. But, I mean, it was it was a huge sort of thing. And so for me to identify with, like, yes, like now I'm somebody because I have that title in front of my name. That was a really big thing. And I would for years, a a point of contention with even within even my marriage was because my husband is an MD and people Mm -hmm. would ask him questions about things. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm right here. Like you could have asked me, but you asked him and it's about basic stuff, right? And it's like still a doctor guys, like but it wasn't necessarily wrong for those people to ask my husband. It wasn't a, a personal assault or anything. But my ego kept telling me, you're not really good enough because you went to dental school. Like, I actively chose to go to dental school. It wasn't like I, you know, it was a choice to to go to dental school for various reasons. And it's still, you know, so to answer your question, it took a long time for me to feel secure with not being that. And I honestly, I don't, yeah. I still will feel twinges of that when, when people will, will, um, you know, just very, very sporadically, but I, I don't as much need that title anymore, or mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need to be called that. I don't need to be, you know, and when people ask medical questions, like I can answer them, but if there's somebody there who wants to step up and fill those shoes, I'm like, I'm totally at peace with it now, which is very liberating. I love the idea of like providing life lessons. So like this is a thing that I took away from this. So if I was talking to a friend going through the same thing, or if I could tell myself this when I was younger, what would that be for you? What would your advice in this kind of middle that you were in be? I would say, you know, it's, it's just awareness is so powerful. Importantly, I always used to think this was a bunch of hot air when I would like see it on yoga studio walls, but it's like the whole saying of you are exactly where you're meant to be. I would think like, I just never quite understood it until now looking back, it does make sense, right? Like we co-create our lives. And, and I think that that concept in and of itself is, I think my direct answer to your question is you co-create your life experiences. You choose your perspectives and just the idea that there's more than one perspective to be had i mean accepting that without saying like well one is right and one is wrong or one is good and one is bad we all have the ability to see things from multiple angles and the angle with which we choose to view the world will help us then determine what our next action might be or thought or whatever and in doing so we co-create what we're living it's very easy to, and I'm not, you know, downplaying the the very, very real importance for things like therapy and, you know, people go through some very large traumas. And so I'm not, not discounting that and not to say that anyone deserves to be mistreated or, you know, feeling icky, but the ickiness for a typical person, I will say, even for me as, as when I, I will speak only for myself when I was depressed. The ickiness is just a breadcrumb. It's just a breadcrumb. It's a signal that you can pivot if you want. It's a piece of information. It's a piece of information. That's it. And you and I were talking before we hit record and you were talking about 
appreciating when things go right, right? Well, you can only have that deep appreciation when you have seen the other side of things, right? So there's a reason these things exist. Absolutely. I mean, even for me and where I am right now, I have learned that if I just take three or four minutes and put the minor amount of makeup on, even if I'm feeling awful that day, I will feel so much more accomplished. And it's because I took that one action to make myself feel a little better. I don't care what I look like. No one sees me. I'm in a bed most of the time. This is for me, you know? And so I I think that's really important of like, I have that little bit of control and I can take it and do what I can with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so often we're like, well, the, the government or the system, the healthcare system, the school, the, you know, my parents and my family and da, 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 da. Guys, we have so much power. So don't give it up. Like, yes, there's organizational shifts that need to happen, familial shifts that need to happen, but that change incredibly starts with with each of us. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. I would love for you to tell people where to find you, all of your cool things that you're doing. So uh, take a minute and do a a little plug. Yeah, well, so um, Lacey, you mentioned me just having recently published a book. It's called Connected, Discovering Your Inner Guides. It is for kids. It's meant it's written in a way to be accessible for children, but whether you're 8 or 80, there's something in the book for you. It's really about navigating your emotions and, you know, creating that awareness that I was talking about earlier to then go forward and and actually create movement in in life and, you know, live a life full of happiness and ease and peace and joy even amongst the the stickier parts of life, which inevitably will happen. So there's the book. You can, you know, I do workshops and master classes. I just finished one up for, I called it the Mama Doc Masterclass, and that was really, really powerful. So likely we'll be putting more uh, more master classes on in 2023. So you can find information about my coaching and um, all the little events that I do on my website. It's drsimadesai.com. So drsimadesai.com. And I'm sure you're going to have this in the handle. We'll put a link in the, in the show. Yeah. Notes, and um, you can find me on LinkedIn and as well as Instagram at um, the Instagram handle is at dr.simadesai. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing the middle with me today. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much for having me. As usual, thank you for sharing the middle with me today. Remember to check out my writings at themiddle.com. That's the MDDL.com. While you're there, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter to get a little bit more middle in your inbox each week. I am a one woman show, so any bit of support means the world to me. I want the middle to be as accessible as possible, so I have several ways for you to support. You can shop the middle with some merch or my books. The Lacey Loves affiliate links and recommended products, Patreon for additional community and content, and I also just have a tip jar if you'd like to leave a tip. If you like today's show, also make sure to subscribe at your favorite podcatcher, share with a friend, and maybe even leave a five-star review. Thanks so much to Lemon Music Studio for our theme music. It is literally called Sunshine, and that is certainly how it feels to me. Can't wait to see you in the middle again. As usual, thank you for sharing the middle with me today. Remember to check out my writings at themiddle.com. That's the MDDL.com. While you're there, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter to get a little bit more middle in your inbox each week. 
I am a one-woman show, so any bit of support means the world to me. I want The Middle to be as accessible as possible, so I have several ways for you to support. You can shop The Middle with some merch or my books, the Lacey Loves affiliate links and recommended products, Patreon for additional community and content, and I also just have a tip jar if you'd like to leave a tip. If you like today's show, also make sure to subscribe at your favorite podcatcher, share with a friend, and maybe even leave a five-star review. Thanks so much to Lemon Music Studio for our theme music. It is literally called Sunshine, and that is certainly how it feels to me. Can't wait to see you in the middle again.